Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 110 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. My guests this episode are two people who I think I can call friends of the show. I think I'm confident in saying that. Both of them participated in the recent USAFL Nationals Tournament. One of them got to take the Premiership Trophy home. Uh, we'll let him talk about that here in a little bit, uh, which wasn't exactly a long trip, by the way. Uh, I'd like to welcome back to the podcast Rick Shabani of the LA Dragons and Ben Martinez of the Austin Crows. Guys, thanks for coming back on, man. I think this is going to be a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, this is this is going to be I think this is going to be a great deal of fun. And, uh, you know, we're about a week and a half outside of the finals. You know, it's it's over. Um, I think the uh, the beer that you drank out of the cup has dried. The residue's dried in the bottom of the cup. Now it's uh, been cleaned out. You did do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay. So have, have the, have the bruises, have the bruises begun to heal yet? I'd say so. Okay. How about you, Ben? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think the, the first few days, there's definitely that soreness from a mixture of, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, self-inflicted and, and also from obviously playing and coming off that high and then realizing, okay, I'm actually sore. So yeah, I think we're, I think we're well recovered and, um, yeah, you know, it's um, coming off that high of obviously an amazing tournament. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was crawling to the shower on Monday morning before I checked out of the hotel. Like it was it was definitely, you know, punishing as you would expect, you know, playing three, sometimes four games in one weekend. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely worth it and uh, definitely great to finally be back playing nationals, obviously didn't happen last year for obvious reasons so yeah just competing again and the thrill of seeing everyone and being in that environment again it, it was amazing so how how did the uh how did the weather end up because i know it was a little it's a little bit later in the year so a lot of that heavy texas heat might have dissipated yet but did it did it have an impact on you i i think uh you know speaking Speaking from um, our experience here in Austin, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to obviously train in some pretty hot Texas conditions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we were, we were pleasantly surprised with, you know, a bit more of a, a bit more milder temperatures, a bit more cooler, a bit more California-like, if you will. <laughs> so, uh, but then, uh, you know, certainly as the, the Sunday got on, it certainly started to heat up a little bit and, um, you know, speak to what Rick was saying, that's where you're, your endurance comes in and the, when you've played, you know, three games or, you know, or, or you know, potentially even more, that's where it, um, that's where it can really, you can really feel it. So, yeah, I think all in all, I think the weather just turned it on. Um, what, what are your thoughts there, Rick? I thought, the, I thought it was amazing weather for a tournament. Oh, definitely. I mean, it was, you know, there wasn't much humidity, which was great. Um, yeah, very pleasant. Um, the tricky thing was um, you never knew, which if you won the toss, you never knew which way to kick to because there was like a steady breeze that basically kept going like sideways across the oval, not like in one direction towards goals. So that was really, really annoying because like, oh, the breeze was much needed, but oh, ugh, we we don't have an advantage to kick to like at all. So that was um that was definitely a challenge, but um all in all, it was a fantastic ground, uh, you know, great facility and. Glad the Austin boys could host us. 
So what uh what went what went best best for you this weekend? What was the best thing that you saw happening this weekend for you, uh, Rick? What 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 went uh, besides you know besides winning games? What went uh, what went well this weekend as far as the entire nationalism itself? Well, I mean, you do want to look at it glass half full, and uh-huh. I was really I was really proud of how resilient we were as a team because coming into this year like probably half of our Americans and half of our Australians were new and okay. we hadn't played that many games together. You know, obviously we play San Diego and OC when we can, but mm-hmm. you know, given, you know, the season starting legs of COVID issues, we basically played half a season and we only had, if you count regionals, we only had like, you know, five or six games total under our belts all season. So you guys were dealing with some of the strictest, restrictions in the country in california as well so yeah um, we were slow to reopen i yeah. think you know we, we can all admit that but um we definitely uh we were definitely in a good spot in terms of our fitness levels improving throughout the year um, our style of footy definitely improved throughout the year and we try to keep it simple with some of our newer american players uh-huh. you know I've said, I've said for years that you know we've had a few guys move away of course but um uh we're lucky at the dragons because we have such a great core of experienced American guys who yeah. who've been, who've been there. They've done it. You know, Pete, mom, Jin, David dollar, uh, you know, a bunch of really experienced, really talented Americans who are always ready to give it a crack. Will Crandall is another, he got hurt at the start of the year, came back and really got fitter and fitter as time went on. Okay. Um, yeah, we, I could go on and on. We definitely raised the standard. And even though we only, we won one game and lost two in both okay. Div one and Div four this year. But yeah. again, silver linings, we played hard. After the first day, we were 0 2, and we could have rolled over and said, screw it, but we didn't. And we won both games on Sunday, Div one and Div four. And it was Good a deal. really positive thing to build on. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a proper offseason and a full season in 2022. I'm confident that we will. And it's just more motivation for us heading forward that, you know, nationals didn't go the way we planned but okay. i think we're very we're in a good headspace i reckon that we definitely grew as a team and grew as individuals this year okay. i can definitely say that for myself so so ben for the you know take factoring out winning the cup uh winning the premiership what was what was the the best part of the weekend in in your mind So I think looking at it from a football perspective, I, I saw this as a big a big moment for the league overall. I saw women's footy just continue to grow from strength to strength. I saw teams who, you know, maybe previously were, you know, were struggling for numbers, uh, you know, put some amazing, amazing performances out on the field. Um, seeing teams like, you know, Chicago, um, you know, seeing them in Div 3 actually playing against them and, and seeing what they brought to the table, just phenomenal. Um, and, and seeing a team like North Texas, you know, their first their first time, mm-hmm. you know, just they're not even not even a year old. Right, uh, right. What James, what James Henderson's done with growing that team is simply phenomenal work. And to, for them to have, have made the impact they did is credit to him and what, you know, what that club has been able to, to achieve. So... Um, much like Rick was saying, I, I saw a lot of resilience, you know, us as a club, what we're able to do to come together with, 
you know, not just the challenges of obviously the last 18 months uh, with a lot of setbacks. Um, you know, we obviously, you know, we, we went through a lot of adversity, um, but we, we stuck together, we supported each other. And it was just amazing to see how we were able to, to really just lift each other up and, and execute on, on what our vision was, on what our dream was. We were all invested into that. It didn't matter whether you're in the Div 3 team, you know, the reserves team uh, playing in Div 3 or in our, in our ones, you know, we're one club and, um, you know, we were on this journey together. So it's just amazing when you can see that and you can see the, you know, the, the, the guys that, you know, especially the American players who have come up through the ranks. That's what I saw. The performances like, you know, Jacoby Smith, who I remember, you know, coming in, I remember, you know, just developing his game, a phenomenal athlete. You know, Abram, you know, I was telling him when we were when we were celebrating, I remember doing kicks with him and, you know, introduced when he was just learning the game and here he is playing in a division one grand final. So just seeing Sam Bigliotti, Chippy, these these amazing talented players that I look up to, not just as footy players, but as 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 people uh, and as leaders. Um, I think it was just great to see all that and and to, to just celebrate our great game and, and see it grow here in the US. That's what I took from the weekend. Okay. So who were who were some of the the the, the players that you you played against or that you watched when you had a little downtime that you just were kind of like, holy cow, these guys are fantastic. Anybody anybody just jump off the grounds at you? I mean, I just watching, you know, we, we know what to expect at this point in okay. terms of yeah. playing Austin, playing New York, Golden Gate, a lot of Div 1 sides because, you know, at L.A., we've been Div 1 for, I believe, five years, six years, ever since I joined the club, at least. Okay. And, of course, we did win the Div 2 flag back in 2014. But, um, but no, yeah, it was um, Austin, you know, again, you got, have guys like Chippy, you got Coxie, Stefan, all the – and of course, you know, former Dragon as well, Ryan Hitch. Hitchy was playing across halfback flank this year. Um, you know, he, he he's always sharp. He's always so classy and so smooth with the footy. And you know, like I think for from an LA perspective, I think we this year we were on par with Austin in terms of physicality and in terms of contested footy and a lot of the metrics you use to judge. You know, we didn't have a ton of inside fifties, but we were we were fairly efficient with what we did do. And um, we were always within threatening distance, you know, just, just the Sharon didn't bounce our way in the end. So I think we were definitely fit enough this year and we were physical enough, but again, we just weren't able to kind of drag ourselves over the line and did one. Okay. Okay. I'm probably going to dip in like the next 10. So how about you, Ben, who, who jumped off the, the ground at you? Yeah, um, so a couple of a couple of things come to mind there. The first thing I really enjoyed uh, watching was certainly LA. Uh, much to what Rick was saying, I, I saw that they were extremely fit. I uh, the way that they played, you know, the intensity that they played with, um, you know, I was I was really impressed, and I could see the hard work they put in. I also saw that in uh, you know a, a couple of the you know the, the Denver games that I saw. Um, you know, just in terms of what they've been doing with their fitness um, was very evident in their, you know, in their game. Uh, and my fir the first game I played playing against Chicago, um, 
I was on, I was really impressed with how they moved the ball. I actually umpired uh, one of their games as well, uh, helped umpire, and I saw, I just saw the, you know, how they were able to, you know, take on a, a certainly a, a, a taller team, um, but play fast foot, fast footy with uh, with great structure and great link ups. So I was really impressed with how they moved the ball. So um, seeing that and and being witness to it, very impressed with with uh, with the uh, with uh, the team from Chicago, um, and then uh, on the Sunday, um, really impressed with uh, with Columbus actually the way Columbus played. Um, certainly some some scrappy footy. It was almost like a rugby scrum. It was kind of like watching a rugby game, but uh, or being part of that. And but at the same time, just yeah, just really intense. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I guess old school tough footy, which. Yeah, really impressed by teams like that. Like I said, um, you know, teams that maybe, you know, in previous occasions maybe didn't have the numbers or, you know, um, you know, they were turning up and they were playing and they it was just great to watch. I think the level, I, Rick, you probably agree, the level I felt across the board was really good this year. Yeah, I, I definitely was impressed with, um, I, I didn't get a chance to see Columbus play this year, but... I'll tell you one thing. D- Division two was extremely competitive. I felt like some of the, the Div two boys could have played Div one, just in terms of the fitness and the athleticism. I caught most of the Div one grand final. You know, DC beat Boston pretty easily, and beating Boston is not easy to do. They're definitely one of the better Div two sides historically, at least. And um, DC was Div four only a few years ago, so I think that's kind of just. That's a perfect example of, you know, if, if you stick to a plan and you grow in the numbers and you improve as a group, there's no telling where you might end up. And I think okay. you, you can definitely see that in terms of just the level of competition being raised here, uh, here in the States. And it's done nothing but good. So I think um, just the skills and the competition, everyone was excited to be there. And obviously they were because it was the first nationals we've had in two years. But mm-hmm. um, I definitely think... Uh, that it was really positive growth all across the board. Um, you know, Ben mentioned North Texas. Again, I, I personally had a chat with James Henderson as well. He's done an amazing job. You know, they've yeah. already got a, they're the devils. They've got a partnership already set up with uh, the Tasmanian devils VFL squad. So yep. it's amazing what they've been able to do, like with recruitment and sponsorship in it, just a year and a half. And it, they should there, be proud of how they've there, been doing. Is there any rumor, is there any truth to the rumor that I just made up that that uh that well uh, well clarko is here in the states since he's thrown his hat in the ring to coach the new tasmanian team is he going to stop by james house and uh you know spend the weekend there and you know give him some tips and that type of thing i mean hey i don't know it would be... <laughs> i mean but it's, it's been a blast talking you know keeping in touch with james all year as this thing has grown because i've talked to him i've had him on the show a couple times and I talked to him quite a bit offline and it's just been, he's been swamped, but I, I think he's, he's realized that, you know what, we accomplished a hell of a lot this year. And that's, that's pretty cool. Craig, it's creating something bigger than footy. That's what yeah. I love about it. I remember when I first, when I first spoke to him, you know, and it, uh, what he's been able to do is get the community around it. He's mm-hmm. been able to educate Americans on the game. He's been able to get Americans involved. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's phenomenal what he's been able to do. And it's a blueprint, I believe, for other clubs to really look at. So, yeah, um, really, you know, credit to him and what the team has done. 
speaking of other clubs, I had somebody drop me a note online earlier today and it's, uh, you know, this is one that is just starting out. They are, you know, they're just, they've kind of declared themselves a new club. They're trying to get themselves established. And this was very much tongue in cheek, but, uh, Jawan Blair from the Grovetown Pirates, which is this new club that's getting set up near uh, Augusta, Georgia, which I, I used to live in Augusta when I was married to my first wife many, many years ago. And when I was a complete idiot, uh, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but they, they wanted to know, um, are the Crows and Dragons already starting to uh, dread having to face them? Are they worried about that? <laughs> he was kind of kidding, but it just. <laughs> I mean, I, I love, I love the passion that those guys bring to yeah, the table. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Juwan and, and uh, Khalil, Khalil as well. Um, yeah. You know, they're the Steve's and the Don yeah. uh, YouTube channel. They live stream the, you know, the regular AFL. They're trying to get involved with the USAFL, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Augusta, it's, it's Georgia. There's a lot yeah. of talent in Georgia. There's a lot of sports in Georgia. Well, and I, I think Kraz has really done, you know, he's, he's a few hours away from them. If I'm right, not right. But I think he sent them some footies and he's been very encouraging of what they're doing. And Grovetown Pirates has a cool ring to it. I think yes. they're, uh, I think they're, the sky's the limit for them because they're, they're so passionate and they're, they have a great sense of humor. They, they love everything about footy and they've only yes, known about yes. it for a few years, just like you, Craig. Yeah. So. It's been, it's been great. And it's, uh, yeah, I, the school where I teach our school nicknames the Pirates. I'm definitely going to have to get a polo shirt once they start making them available. I, that's the other thing is I'm trying to track down as many footy stickers as I can to put on the <laughs> uh, the front of my desk in my classroom because I just want to just cover the whole the whole front of my desk with them. But um, do they have they announced where nationals are going to be next year? Is that something they've already made known? I haven't heard anything yet. Have okay. you been? I haven't, or, um, you know, I, I, you know, potentially, potentially on the West coast Rick, but yeah, I mean, you know, going by that's where it was, it was going to be obviously this year, but you know, you never know. Okay. So, I, um, yeah. I just, I wasn't sure about that, but, uh, I, I just, I thought it would, you know, maybe you guys might have some insight on that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to, to, I know with, uh, you know, I know with Rick, uh, I remember when it was, when it was LA, you know, it was, I was kind of looking forward to, to, you know, meeting up with Rick on his, on his home turf. And I know that, you know, I was kind of, I had these visions of maybe a mad Monday on Venice beach, which, which could be really interesting. Um, but you never know. That could be, that could make for a very big 2022. So yeah. Oh yeah. Hopefully it's, I think, um, yeah, I think everyone's hoping that LA can finally get a shot, you know, because uh, obviously COVID canceled the 2020 Nationals this year. Uh, everyone was considering, like, which states would be reopening. And obviously October in Texas, you know, the USAFL kind of rolled the dice on that, but it worked out okay. And it, But obviously we were disappointed that we couldn't host it. And hopefully it'll be a third time lucky because, um, you know, the, the venue they were choosing, which is like, technically a few hours from that it's like ontario california near riverside so but it's a phenomenal ground it's amazing it you know it's going to be a very good field or potential field for for nationals so fingers crossed you know typically the usafl announces uh the location for next year's nationals like either right after nationals ends or like a week after so i'm expecting an announcement soon but okay, you know, okay. we'll see what happens with that 
What about Chris Hemsworth playing for your, uh, the Dragons, maybe, Rick, if that happens? Is there any any possibility of that? Oh, I mean, never say never, but I'm pretty sure he lives in Byron Bay now with his family. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens. But um, I do know he's a big doggy supporter, and um, uh, he definitely does a lot of, um, you know, he. I think he did the I'd Like to See That campaign for the AFL a few years ago. He's... I love that he exposes uh, his his love of Aussie rules and because how many people are going to look up Aussie rules because Chris Hemsworth is like, oh, yeah, it, it's an amazing sport. I, we all grow up watching it and playing it. And, like stuff like that is big. And I know you and I have talked, Ben, about um, you know, there's so many great networking events for Aussies in L.A. There's, you know, a, a lot of opportunities for us to grow the brand and to partner up with different people. Um, so, you know, again, never say never. And I think it's, um, it's great to be able to, uh, have that connection because, you know, it's, it's easy to get sucked into the mentality and it is true to some extent of like, you know, Oh, if you're not in a big city with a lot of Aussie expats, it's automatically going to be hard to grow a footy club. And And that's true. We've seen it here in the States, but I mean, you, you can never underestimate the power of, you know, thinking outside the box and trying to, you know, do something a little bit different. And I think, you know, the people who love footy in this country are a really special group. And I think, you know, to some extent, we're all pulling in the same direction, or, you know, I'd like to think that we are in terms of just showing everyone how passionate we are, showing people in Australia, hey, this exists overseas, Mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful thing. And also just to be able to, you know, have fun playing an amateur sport, as adults, because it's so hard to do that in the States and it shouldn't. Be. So I, I think it's, it's a really positive thing. And it, I definitely got those good vibes at nationals just because everyone was just so stoked to compete and it was, it was special. It really was. Well, the one interesting thing about the, that Grovetown group and I, and I, and I'm sure that they've thought of it, but about 10 minutes outside of Augusta, right near where they're, where they're looking at setting up shop is a huge, I mean, massive army post, Mm. a massive army post, Fort Gordon, which, you know, you've got thousands of young people who were just recently high school athletes who were looking for an outlet to do something like that. So it could, that could really pay off for them because they're, you know, they said they were looking at the, uh, at the, you know, people at like kind of the college level up there right now at Augusta state and places like that. But, uh, you know, I think that's 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 a reservoir that they could definitely tap into and probably find some some talented kids there. So we'll see. I, I agree, Craig. You, yeah, you make a good point there, and that is, you know, you think about these areas and you know the high school athletes that don't necessarily make it to college, or the college athletes that don't necessarily make it pro. Right? It's two percent of college athletes, uh, from memory, that make it professionally here in the U.S. That's a phenomenal group of athletes that don't make it professional that would be perfect to introduce this great game to and uh you know i think examples like what you just shared there you know is is a you know even more reason why we need to you know expand our reach and and get it in front of especially the youth um so that they can they can see this as rick said you know when they're getting into their 20s and 30s that they can continue to be involved in a sport and a competitive sport for that right right yeah and i i um I'm supposed to be sitting down here sometime soon with somebody from the, the DC club, which mm. uh, is actually a, you know, they're actually running an Auskick program in that area right now. 
um, you know, where, where they've had, you know, I was hoping to talk to them about that. And they were actually, uh, one of, one of those uh, gentlemen was going to have the, their daughter come on, who's been involved in the Oscar program, just to, you know, who I think she's like seven or eight, just to, just to kind of get her take on the game, which I think would be kind of a, a neat thing to, you know, to do that sort of thing. But, um, you know, Ben, you know, I, you had kind of mentioned this before, but, uh, recently you, you got on, you got on the radio over, over in Australia on triple M and, uh, and you were, you were, you were on with, uh, Billy Brownless, you know, the, the cats legend. Um, and I didn't know about the part where at the end you got, you got to have him give shout outs to most of your club, uh, during that, uh, including yourself, I heard. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it's funny. It's a funny story there. I, I actually reached out before nationals. I thought, you know, um, with, with our, with our coach, Steph, Stephen Barr being a big cat and I reached out to Billy and I said, look, you know, I, uh, you know, I know you got a busy schedule with your show still going on, but I'd love for you to pr- like put together a bit of a video maybe on Instagram and just, you know, we wish us all the best, wish the boys all the best and, you know, um, give a bit of a shout out, a bit of a rev up, um, maybe while you're having a frothy as you do. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't hear anything back. I, um, he did. And then a couple of days later, he got back to me. He's like, you know, see what, see what I can do. Give me a bit of background. So I gave him a bit more detail and yeah. Um, after nationals, you know, got the, got a, got a message from, from Bates in our team and, um, yeah, Billy, Billy, and, and Nick Rewalt did an interview with uh, with Steph and Kotze, and it was really good. That was really great of them because more so from what I saw, not just to not just to interview two great people that I admire in in our club, but also to showcase the sport here to you know really to Australians. Um, right, you right. know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm such a big advocate for that, but I admire people like Rick who have play who have gone over to Australia and and really showed you know the the proof that you know th- this sport here is, is not just it's not just a, a get together and get together for a kick this is a competitive league every single one of the players that play in this league is passionate about the sport it means so much to so many and to have that shown um and shared with with Australians I think it's just absolutely amazing so I'm I'm really grateful to to Billy and and to the team at Triple M because it was just great to to, to have Aussies, you know, Aussie friends of mine reach well, out. Talk about East. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was um, that was awesome, and I think um, Triple M. I mean, that doesn't happen every day, regardless of which USAFL club you are. Um, so I think um, that was really big, and it's it's important to remember um, that. Uh, Rui, uh, Nick Revolt, he, he married a Yank. Uh, he married a Texan, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I know Paul Ruse, you know, he has a home out in Hawaii. Uh, Dipper was involved with the USFL in the early years. It really is important to mention, like, how many AFL legends and how many greats of the game have been so supportive. And, you know, whether it's the International Cup in general or, you know, AFL Europe or um, – USAFL, wherever it is, I think it's really, really exciting. And, um, you know, hopefully more to come as far as that goes. And, of course, here on the West Coast, we're all crossing our fingers that, you know, Sheed's dream might come true in terms of having a Bombers-Giants matchup uh, somewhere in the U.S. You know, given the time difference, it'll probably be on the West Coast. But hopefully that dream can eventually become a reality. How good would it be to see four 
points be contested on American soil. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just too exciting for words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I might even have to make the trek out to watch that wherever it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Take a personal day from work. But yeah, you, you guys are mentioning, you know, the stuff with Triple M. I, I actually had somebody uh, reach out to me. Uh, it's been it's been quite a few weeks. So it was before the grand final uh, from the, the Sporting Capital um, show. And they wanted they wanted contact information from uh, for Frank Davis, who who had played on the '64 Premiership team with the uh, the D's, and then they you know and they had said, well, you know, we want to have you on also to talk about your podcast. And I was supposed to be on uh, the Thursday before the grand final, scheduled to be on, and the Blues couldn't wait till after the grand final to hire to hire Michael Voss. So I got <laughs> I got I got bumped because the Blues decided to hire a new coach. You know, what am I, chop liver? <laughs> so. If I mean, it's a regular occurrence these days. I know, you know I know. If, if, if you're so. if you're listening over there on the Sporting Capital, I'm still available. And and they did say <laughs> they did say they were going to try. They wanted to get me back on, so they were. You know, hopefully that happens. But uh, it, it was it was uh, it was fun being able to connect them with with Frank. But uh, now, Rick, something you know, I I heard uh, that when when you headed over to Caroline Springs for that first time. Mm -hmm. that you were you were very confident that when you went there and were telling everybody there that you were going to be playing with the ones was that correct uh i i, I might have come in uh a little bit overconfident at first um you know like preseason was already underway and uh i i mean I, I just wanted to prove that hey i was there to compete i was there okay. to um you know try to try to represent la and you know represent the u.s footy community well but um you know, after a few training sessions, you know, it was, mm -hmm. it was great in terms of the competition because, yeah. you know, you're competing for the seniors of the Reds every single week. And, um, but after I saw the, the pace of the game at senior level, I mean, you know, Western region footy league is no joke. That's one step below the VFL and AFL levels. So the, the senior level was <laughs> a little too fast paced for me, even though I was basically as fit as I've ever been down there. So, um, but pl even playing in the resis was a great lesson and a great way to compete because like, even in the resis, it was, you know, you're competing against boys who've played since they were six, seven, eight years right, of age. Right. So, I mean, I, I definitely had to, um, had to realize wh what my skill level was at. <laughs> I did have a little bit of a rude awakening at first, but, um, like once I was like fine tuning my skills and yeah. like competing with everyone else, you know, my confidence level kind of grew from there and, it was good to get on the field as much as I did. Cause again, just week in week out fighting for that spot in the 22 is, you know, it brings out the best in everyone. It's everyone hungry. So I, I got a follow-up and, and I don't know Ben, if you want to chime in there or not, but uh, I do have a follow-up for that. Go for it, Craig. No, was, all I was going to say to that is, okay. you know, it speaks volumes to, to Rick. You know, I love the fact that he went over there and, and uh you know aim for the top and you know at the, at the same time you look at that and you know I've, I've spoken to rick about his experience there and pretty amazing that he was uh it's gutsy it's putting yourself out there but at the same time you know um it shows that he can hold his own and i'm sure he showed that the uh you know i'm sure they respected him as a result of that and you know he was able to showcase um the level that you know the game is over here and um hopefully i think that hopefully inspires a lot more americans rick to go over there and and do the same journey so 
you, you, you had a great line there and I wish I had thought of it there. So speaking of uh, aiming, <laughs> aiming for the top, Rick, um, yeah. can you, can you tell us why Bill is probably still pissed at you? Oh, uh, Bill McGovern. Yeah. I, I bought you the first practice you had over there. Oh, um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were talking about, um, Bill McGovern from the Dragons, because um, oh, this this is Bill over this is Bill back over at, at Caroline Springs. From what I from what I gather, your your first practice there, uh, you you were you were you were pretty uh, enthusiastic about your handballs. From what I heard, uh, yeah, yeah, that was um, <laughs> I, I was definitely feeling it. Put it that way, um, yeah. Um, there there were a few misfires here and there, um, but no, yeah, it, it was um it was kind of funny because like um. I obviously I was learning names and faces and um at the time and you know we we had, we had like gotten together for a few informal kicks before the preseason first officially got kicked off and it was just like oh you know out, out of the frying pan into the fire type moments but um <laughs> yeah it was um you know it, the early days at Caroline Springs were pretty interesting because you know, so much of it is, is stuff you don't take for granted in the, in the U S it's like, Oh, we actually have change rooms and showers, everything. You know? Like it's a, this is an actual team like that's, that has like funding and, and uh, a full size oval. And, you know, of course yeah, yeah. here in the, here in the U S we take pride in you know, whatever fields we can find and, and, you know, they're not always great, but um, it, it, it's no, flat. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was the subtle things that um made yeah, me realize, oh wow, I'm actually I'm actually playing in Melbourne now, you know. Yeah, because somebody somebody mentioned that your you know one of your early handballs, you know, hit him right in the face. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. not my not my proudest moment. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you know, it's uh you know, Ben Ben, you have been really involved with uh, the clubhouse app. I mean, that's something that you are, you've been championing for the better part of the last, you know, 10, 12 months or so. Uh, where do you see that, that app in the next year or so? What do you see that app doing and what would you like to, what would you like to be able to accomplish? Yeah. With the, the first, you know, firstly, it's been a, it's been a great, um, yeah, for everyone out there who maybe isn't aware of it, it's, it's basically like a live, uh, live talkback radio or live audio uh, networking app. So it's it, it essentially like a live podcast, basically. Um, so it's been a great way to connect, uh, you know, firstly with like-minded people around the world, certainly have a connection with back home in Australia. Um, I saw it definitely as a, from a professional standpoint, a great way to connect with people, you know, in the industry, industries that, I, that I'm passionate about. But then also I saw it as a great way to also share my journey playing footy here in the US and, and educate people back in Australia on the game here. You know, it's been great having you part of several rooms, Craig, and people have commented on, you know, how great it is to see, you know, just the, the, the reach and, and the growth of footy here. So with the app, I see certainly in, in the current times, it's, it's connected the world while we've felt more isolated than ever, it's given us a platform where we can truly connect with each other. We can learn from each other and, you know, in doing so we can create some amazing connections. I've met some, some people I certainly call, you know, friends. It's crazy to think that I haven't met them in person, but I see it going in the direction, you know, a good question from my perspective, I see it going where people can become, 
you know, uh, whether it's uh, running their own podcast, whether it's, um, you know, running their own workshop or, um, you know, their own group that uh, encourages professional development, um, you know, uh, personal development, uh, collaborating on social issues, um, right through to networking for, you know, for, uh, for, uh, you know, for, for career, your know, career development and also on, on sport as well, sharing our passion of sport. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of value. Um, and I think from there, I think we can all, we can all get something from it. So I've just been very, very grateful to have been introduced to it and then in being able to, uh, educate others on what they can get from it. So, yeah. And, and once again, thank you for, thank you for taking the time to be part of some, some great footy related discussions, Craig. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I I've really enjoyed, you know, meeting a lot of the people that are in there. Um, and, you know, it's, it's led to a couple, you know, off air discussions and that type of thing as well. Now, Rick, you know, we had talked a little bit about this, this off air. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Rick does work in the, television and film industry he's uh he's been a director he's directed an episode of uh what brings you in uh which is i think still on amazon prime uh yeah, right hopefully. now yeah it's uh, two, two episodes actually it's uh, you've done two episodes. yeah you did do a second one now didn't you that's right um, i did very very funny series um yeah, I would not recommend watching it with uh, with your mom or your grandmother. Yeah. Um, but it's <laughs> but it is a very funny show. Um, but you know, I was asking you, you know, since you've been on a lot of you know sets and that sort of thing, you know, what your what your thoughts are, at least a little bit in terms of what happened this past week with uh, uh, the film that Alec Baldwin was making, where that uh, the the prop gun or turned out to be a real gun, and somebody ended up passing away as a result of it. Yeah, I mean, horrible tragedy, no matter how you look at it. And um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's rules on sets for a reason in terms of like making sure that everyone's safe around weapons and that the proper, proper people are there. You know, we're still figuring out all the details, of course, but, um, you know, just a horrible situation all around. And, um, you know, I know there were some other safety concerns on that set. I know th there were some uh, old college friends of mine who were either on the set or, you know, new people, uh, you know, friends or loved ones who were there that day. And, you know, obviously um, the local unions for film and like the New Mexico film office, you know, they're, they're doing what they can in terms of like offering support to, you know, uh, friends and family. And mm -hmm. yeah, just again, a horrible, horrible tragedy. And uh, Helena Hutchins and of course the director, um, Joel Souza, I believe his name was. Um, he was so, injured yes. as well. He was injured as well. Um, he uh, he's recovering. You know, he's he's made a statement already, and you know, he, he I think he already got released um, from hospital. But yeah. again, it's a terrible situation, and you, you wouldn't wish that on anyone. No, no, and, not at all. And these, things all. Are, these things are thankfully rare in the film industry, but when they happen, of course, it's just a shock and a terrible situation. So yeah, yeah I more to say, really. Yeah, as we talked about, there were only two other instances that I could recall that sort of thing happening. But then there was also the, um, it was a, uh, when they they made the film The Twilight Zone, when Vic, mm -hmm. Vic Morrow, uh, mm -hmm. there were a couple of child actors that were killed in a, in a when a helicopter basically fell on them um, mm -hmm. during wow. the filming of that, uh, during that, that movie. 
and that's a bit of a downer there, but I just, I was really interested in your insight on that since you've got, mm-hmm. you, you've got some inside baseball info on that since you, you, that's the world sure. that you live in. Um, oh, but I hope yeah. <laughs> well, yes, but yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I wanted to wrap up tonight guys. And this kind of popped into my head today and I, and I thought, you know what, you, you, you two have met each other in person. Finally, you know, you've talked a lot mm-hmm. elsewhere, but you finally met in person about a week and a half ago, you sat down, had some drinks together. So I wanted to find out how much you actually knew about each other. So I, I asked each of you to write a handful of uh, true or false questions and see if the, and I don't know the answers to these myself because you didn't provide me with the answers. So we'll see what your um, responses are on these. So we're going to go with Ben's first question here to start off. And Ben's first question is, or first uh, statement is, I was born in Australia. Is that true or false? Um, I, I know that's false. Um, for those of our listeners who aren't aware, uh, Ben, you know, I know you are a dual citizen, um, born in the U S moved to Perth when you were pretty young, like four years of age, right? Something like that. A few years. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Very (laughs) confusing. It it raises some eyebrows as you can imagine when I'm trying to go through TSA. So, um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, is he Australian? Is he American? What what is what is he? Well, should we keep him? So, but yeah, man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yes, yeah. So Rick's Rick's first question: I've never broken anything playing footy. Rick's pretty tough, so I'm I'm gonna say you know what I, I'm gonna say after hearing the handball story. <laughs> I'm gonna actually say true. I don't think he's. I don't think he's broken anything. Uh, thanks, Ben. Um, that actually is true. I have not broken anything playing footy. Knock on wood, of course. Um, yeah, and uh, just in general, I've been pretty lucky playing sports growing up. I never had any massive injuries. I was. It's funny. I was talking to my roommate the other day, and. Uh, he, you know, he played American football or you know, gridiron, uh, when he was growing up here in LA and, and he was telling me how he had to get his confidence back after like he broke his leg his sophomore year. And, you know, that rehab took a while. So just like getting his speed back and dexterity for, you know, football and basketball was definitely a challenge at first. Cause like when you're that young and you get hurt, it can definitely affect your confidence because, you don't want to constantly be anticipating the next one, but I've been lucky. Just don't get a handball from Rick because you'll get a broken nose. So. <laughs> okay, so here's Ben's second question. I kicked a footy with Chris Lewis as a kid. Hmm. I mean, Chris was a great West Coast footballer um, back in uh, the 90s. And, uh, of course, Ben is a West Coast fan, grew up in Perth. So I'm going to say that's true. That is correct. Unfortunately, it didn't carry on into any of my kicking. So, you know, there's no no resemblance there whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I'm very fortunate to have had, uh, you know, kick with him on Subiaco Oval after, uh, after a training session. So yeah, great experience. Very cool. Very cool. Now this, this is, this is an interesting question here. Rick's second question is, my dad went to the same college as Lawrence of Arabia. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with true on that. Actually, I'm gonna go with true. 
It's a very random statement, but I'm going to go with true. So I'm going to think true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, I thought with the film background, he that was where that was coming from. So for the I record, think- it's true. Um, yeah, cool. it's um, G- uh, Jesus College, Oxford, um, which was founded all the way back in 1571, if you can believe that. So, wow, that's uh, first of all, I just thought it was a movie. I didn't know. I didn't even know it was a real person. Yeah, T. E. Lawrence, you know the the British Colonel um, back in, you know. Oh, okay. 19, that's nineteen tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real T. E. Lawrence. You know, they called him Lawrence Arabia. So, see, I, I've never, I've never seen that film. Great film. Yeah, I, I know it is. I'm, and I, you being a movie guy, I, and I, it's a. Uh, I mean, I've got about seven hundred movies on on DVD and Blu-ray here. So, I mean, it's not like I don't watch movies. I've I've got quite a few of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Ben's third question: A grand final has brought me to tears. Hmm. I mean, that flag for West Coast was extra extra special in 2018. So, I, I reckon that's true. It is true, but not the year. So the story behind it, guys, is that I, uh, as a kid, um, in I would have been seven at the time in 1991, and I uh, I watched the, it was obviously Hawthorne and West Coast. It was our first grand final. It was at Waverley. And uh, West Coast went in as, you know, hot favourites, Sumich kicked the first, I think it was the first four goals were to West Coast. Um and they ended up losing. Dunstall and Brereton got the job done. And I apparently, uh, I mean, I remember, I, obviously I was very young at the time, but I was inconsolable. I went onto the front lawn of the house and cried for several hours. And uh, following that, I actually was watching, I would watch video footage of the game. I just became obsessed as a kid with that game. And I apparently wanted to work out what they did wrong. I was really angry. I... You know, I was angry at the result, and this is a seven-year-old kid, and I just I couldn't let it go. But luckily, the boys got it done in in '92 over the Cats. Uh, but yeah, um, that grand final really really hurt. Although 2000 and uh, you know uh, we won't go to 2005, but 2005 was pretty pretty painful as well. <laughs> so, mm. but, but Rick, you know, Rick, to 2018 was good as well. We won't mention that to, to Mason. We won't talk about that to Coxie. So, <laughs> I um no, he's taller than me, Rick. He's taller than me. You know, I know. <laughs> he's taller than most exactly. people. But um, I, but no, yeah, ninety one. Wow, I mean, like, it'd be hard for anybody to go up against Prime Dunstall and Prime Brereton at the time. So I, I don't think there's any shame in losing to that Hawthorne side that right, year. Right. But oh, I mean, you know, those those '90s Grand Finals. There was just something about them. Like it was just an electric atmosphere, and you know, obviously, I've watched some of the replays uh, here and there. But what a what a great decade for footy! Mm-hmm. So, Rick's third question: I played safety in American football when I was growing up. I'm gonna say false. That's what I was thinking too, because you know he he talked about his friend who played American football having to get his confidence back. I think he might have let on that this one was a false statement. Um, well, that much was true. Uh, that the guy in question was right, right. Yeah, uh, but no, um, yeah, it's because we were just talking about that the other day. But um, 
no, yeah, um, that was false. Yes, um, I I always grew up loving American football, and you know I do still follow it when I can. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I did not play American football growing up. But if I did, I always thought I, I'd be a good safety just because I can I can hit people, and you know I, I'm I'm f- fast-ish, but definitely not fast enough to play you any you know, faster position like receiver or cornerback. So I always thought that like. You know, it, uh, and a lot of those skills can translate to footy. Like, oh yeah, you know, obviously the the method of tackling is different, and you know you, you don't have pads or helmets, but it's um you know, the, the mentality you need to have to be a safety and gridiron is is very much the same attacking mentality that you need to bring to a game of footy. So, mm-hmm. okay, so uh, Ben's fourth question: I played on the same school team as Andrew Embley. Hmm. That's that's a good one. Um, of course, for those of you who don't know, Embley was another legendary West Coast player, um, and you know won the Norm Smith uh, when they won the 2006 flag, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm hmm. again the Perth connection. I, I'd say that's false because um, I know uh, I know there were a bunch of other good um, school footy. T- teams um i know you mentioned you went to uh de la salle ben and i know uh embley did not so but i mean yeah i'm still gonna say false. it's actually true so he was on he was on our pro- elementary school football team and i remember <laughs> and, my, and craig craig the funny story behind this is i i mean he was a senior so he was he was you know once again the the skills were never going to transfer i wish i had a you know obviously at the time if i had a crystal ball could uh could learn a thing or two about him maybe my kicking would be better but um you know he i, I the girl i liked in year three well yeah in elementary school i remember her kind of going oh i really i actually like andrew he's a really good footballer and i'm like what i can compete with that like seriously this guy is clearly, clearly a good footy player. So how am I going to compete with that? So anyway, you, um, but yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty amazing. And uh, his brother, uh, Michael, yeah. his brother, Michael was actually a really, really talented footballer as well. Um, so very fortunate to have played um, uh, suburban footy, uh, junior footy, actually with, with Michael as a growing up was pretty cool. So yeah, there you go, Rick. Okay. 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 We'll get him out. So we'll get Rick, him out to the crows. <laughs> <laughs> Rick's Rick's fourth question or statement. My coach at Caroline Springs was Collingwood legend. Is it Renee Kink? Yeah. Okay. Renee Kink was his coach at Caroline Springs. That is that would be true. That is false, actually. Um so uh, interesting story. I, I was not coached by Kinky. Yes, that's his actual nickname. <laughs> I was not coached by him, but I did have a chance to meet the great man um, when I was down there. It, it was the funniest thing. Um, it was just like a club social function. I think it was after one of our home games. And um, uh, Bill Adonis, a uh, very good guy. He's one of the stats guys for the Division One team at Caron Springs. And his son, Nathan, is a good mate of mine. And he plays for Div, Div One there as well anyway bill um saw me and he was like hey rick come on over here and i'm like okay yeah and he's like i'd like you to meet a collingwood legend i'm like oh really and you know this guy was like you know not super tall you know had had the beer belly he was probably about 55 
60 years old. And I was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And and I found out, you know, this guy was Renee Kink. And again, for those of you who don't know, he played 181 career games, mostly with Collingwood back in the 70s. Uh, good mates with Peter Dacos and a lot of the other legends from that period. But um, so I was not coached by him, but I did get a chance to meet him. And yeah, very nice guy. And That's I, cool. uh, yeah, it was, and kudos to Bill for introducing me. So that was really fun. Uh, for the record, I was coached. Um, another twist, I was coached by a Collingwood uh, former Collingwood player, uh, Dutchie, Brody Holland, who um, played several years for them as well as a few years for Frio. You know, first round draft pick out of Tassie, I think back in 97, 98, something like that. So he played a decade in the AFL himself and was definitely a fan favorite down at the Pies. So learning from someone like Dutchie was definitely a treat. Okay. I love and let's go accent to- as well, Rick. That was on point. That was an amazing old accent. So- <laughs> that was... Uh- <clears throat> well, having lived there for a year, he kind of he kind of t- tuned into that. Yes, I, I I I won't attempt to do that. I uh, I, I don't I don't I don't. Yeah, she'll be right, mate. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to get it wrong or you know make anybody mad at me there. So, um, Ben's fifth question. He's got two more after this one. My other sport growing up as a kid was cricket. Hmm, I'm gonna go with faults because you've never mentioned it Ben, and I, i'd like to think i know you pretty well so it's actually true i uh i was a leg spin bowler i used to uh used to imitate shane warne as a kid actually i was a bit inspired so yeah used to watch shane warne and obviously those that 90s australian cricket team so um you know for everyone listening in from the, here in the states definitely recommend if you haven't seen cricket check it out um but yeah, that's that's what I grew up playing in the summer and um, did pretty well with it actually. Um, first ball, I remember bowling bowling a guy around the legs and people seeing this little blonde-headed kid come out and bowl leg spinners and ronins and flippers and all of those and I just loved it. I um, yeah, it was. I used to love watching you know the South Africans coming to uh, you know the the Ashes obviously. So cricket was a real uh just a real passion of mine and certainly something in our family we used to get together and play all the time so yeah definitely uh definitely a big passion of mine uh basketball was as well but then everyone else got taller so i kind of you know, focused <laughs> on i focused on cricket so cricket and footy <laughs> yeah there you go. wow i i i stand corrected um and yeah i think you're one of many aussie guys who uh wanted to who grew up idolizing Warney and wanted to be like Warney, but uh, only in some instances, uh, I, I think, or I hope so. Yeah. And, um, and that, that, uh, I, I, uh, the most cricket I've ever played was some backyard cricket with a few mates of mine um, around New Year's um, in, in Melbourne. So that was some good fun. And I, I watched a few games on TV. I think it was mostly the, the big bash, but um, but no, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting sport to watch. Um, you know, of course, my dad, growing up in the UK, he, you know, he, he's a big fan. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, definitely strange to most Americans eyes, but you know, it's, it's just as, it's just as big as footy is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Rick's next question. And he's got one more after this one. Uh, he states, I saw USAFL star Danny Marshall play her first AFLW game in person. That is that would, I would say that is true. 
That is going to be false. Um, I did see, um, so Danny and I overlapped briefly. I was in Australia in 2019, and that was right around the time she had moved down there, you know, like, as uh, some people already know the story, you know, like a, a few Aussie scouts were um, at, I think it was Western Regionals, uh, back when Danny was playing um, for Arizona, for the Arizona Hawks. And um, yeah, they really liked her. They thought she had a lot of potential. I'm pretty sure she was a Division One soccer player mm-hmm. uh, in college. So she definitely yes, had she the was. athletic background. Yeah, she definitely had the athletic background. And um, so long story short, I did get to see her play in the VFLW um, at Witten Oval. I lived within walking distance of Witten at the time when I was living in Footscray. And, you know, beautiful stadium. You know, be- there's so much history there. Even if you're not a doggy supporter, it's really cool to see. And I saw Danny play. I think she was playing, pretty sure the doggies were playing Collingwood's VFLW side that day. But, yeah, no, she did well. And obviously, you know, she played a couple of seasons down there. And, unfortunately got delisted but i know she and her husband are still in melbourne and what else can you say about danny we're all so proud of her here in the absolutely state. absolutely so humble she's so nice you know very introverted I, I don't think she's ever really gotten used to the spotlight uh playing down there but um you know she definitely found a place and it's just unfortunate that they um weren't able to keep her around for too much longer hopefully she can uh stick around australia for a bit and um you know have another chance to give it a crack at the AFL women's level. Well, I mean, there's going to be four new clubs coming in next year. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. And, and to speak to that, Rick, I mean, you know, you, you had, we had the pleasure of speaking to her, you know, I'm sure hopefully she's the first of many, right. You know, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, she does inspire, uh, you know, we got to watch, we got to see, uh, you know, the, the women's tournament. Um, you know, I have no doubt there's going to be many more that are now going to go over and, and uh, you know, go up the ranks, so to speak. So um, yeah, the um, you know the future's looking bright. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. All right. Back to Ben's next question. Next statement here. I have driven a Ferrari at the Ferrari headquarters in Italy. Hmm. I'd say that's true. I, I know you've you've always spoken very fondly of your travels through there, Ben. I know you you didn't really. You didn't live there, but I know you always, you definitely enjoyed your time over in Italy whenever you had the chance to visit. So uh, given that <laughs> driving a Ferrari would definitely be in that ballpark, I'd say that's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I was like, I was like a kid in a candy store there. Like I literally, you know, getting, getting the chance to, to do that. And, um, but at the same time, being very cautious and very nervous, getting behind the wheel of that, um, you know, obviously, you know, not wanting but then having this very passionate you know uh, ferrari enthusiast next to me wanting me to push it as hard as i could but you know just just you know just enjoying the moment but yeah just um pretty pretty amazing to get to do that but um just see you know see uh, a part of a part of italy where they're just so passionate about their you know their, their formula one and obviously ferrari and and you know and soccer or football, you know, as they, as they call it. So, you know, just very passionate about their brands, but yeah, an amazing experience and who knows, maybe one day I can add that to my garage, but I think for the moment I was, uh, I'll just stick to the model ones. The, uh, you know, I think that, now, that I, I, I can dream. I, I, do ha- I do have to tell you, and I, this is full disclosure here. I was told that you are a huge fan of Italian cars. So um, I, I'm driving 
I, I have leased this year a 2021 uh, Ford Transit Connect van, which was actually built in Italy. So I want to know whether or not that moves your needle or not. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you can go with that. I think the I think that it's it's embrace that heritage, oh. right? It's it's yes. got some good oh, it, it's. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's an old man's. My wife told me when I decided to lease this and she said, you're going to look like an idiot driving that. And I said, what, like a Tuesday? Because it's, it's how I look every day. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you are showing your age a bit there, Craig. But, yes, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you Whatever know, gets you from point A to point B, I guess. I, I, I wanted to have the ability to have a quasi pickup truck without paying the cost of leasing a pickup truck. Oh, yeah. I can I can put stuff in the back of this van. I can fold the seats down, put everything in there that I need to put in there to carry it. So yeah, okay. Uh, we're yeah we're coming to uh, this is Rick's last uh, question here, and then then uh, Ben has one last one here. Uh, the first time I played with the late great Jake Ryan was at the 2018 Rob Dollar Cup tourney in Phoenix. I'm I'm gonna say that's true. Yeah. True. It seems very it seems very specific. So I would have to say that yes. it's true. Uh yeah, you you're both right, gentlemen. Um obviously uh snake meant a lot to all of us who played footy, um, especially on the West Coast and in Austin. You know, he played for Golden Gate, he played for Austin. That weekend he just happened to be in town. We were in um Phoenix and you know the Scottsdale area for the Rob Dollar Cup, um, which was First set up by the Rob Dollar Foundation. Uh, he played for the Dragons for uh, several years. His brother, David Dollar, is a legend at the footy club, one of my closest mates. Um, sadly, Rob was uh, killed while cycling in Phoenix. Um, I think it was October 2017, hit by a drunk driver very early in the morning. Terrible situation. And, um, you know, we, we decided to honor him by uh, collaborating with Arizona. You know, both, are, both the brothers are from Arizona, you know, the Phoenix area originally. That's where they first picked up footy. So we, um, we didn't do it this past year or the year before because of COVID, but um, mm -hmm. it was, we did it in 2018, 2019. And 2018, uh, Snake just happened to be in Scottsdale that week for work. And um, he rang uh, JK, uh, Justin Kenna from the Dragons, and a few of his other good mates. And uh, he was just like, Hey, do you mind if I rock up and play for LA and that weekend? Oh, I mean, you know, playing footy in Phoenix is not for the faint of heart, put it that <laughs> way. And, um, we, we were dying, but we, we made it through to the grand final. Unfortunately, uh, recurring theme, Austin side knocked us out in the grand final, but it was an emotional weekend. It was a really fun weekend. And that was when I first really got to know snake. Like, um, you know, we, uh, like I knew of him, like, obviously he was a gun player for San Fran and for Austin. And a lot of the guys, the dragons were very close to him. And, um, as a lot of the, and of course, um, as everyone knows, uh, Jake was tragically killed in an accident last year. Um, he was traveling through Sicily and was hit by a train, you know, terrible situation. You know, we, we definitely are still missing him and in the USAFL and, uh, sending all of our well wishes to his family back in, uh, Queensland. So, um, yeah, a guy who made, who made a big legacy in the USAFL. I know you were very close to him as well, Ben. Um, I wish I had known him better now, obviously. Um, it was crazy to me that, you know, how often do you meet a guy who survived a terrorist attack? And, uh, of course, Jake was pretty well known down in Oz for being a pretty notable survivor of the Bali bombing. 
Indonesia back in 02. So yeah, I mean, but we had such wow. a contagious, you know, passion, you know, every time you, you played with Snake or you ran into him, you knew it was going to be a good time just because he was, he had such a crazy energy and passion that you would expect someone who'd survived something like that to have. And it was just amazing how composed he was and how, you don't want to say stoic, but, you know, he came through it alive and not many people did. And he lost a lot of people that he knew up there. And, uh, and, you know, just to be able to do all the things that he did, he had that motto, you know, win the morning, win the day. He was always that one guy who was, you know, training harder and, you know, working quicker and just always, you know, just living his life the best he could and, you know, doing it in a way that would, you know, that would mean something. And I think we'd all be lucky to have a legacy that Snake left behind. I think he, he, um, he left a real legacy all around the world. And how many people can say that? You know, in one in the in one week, you have you know everyone in the USAFL, you know, paying tribute to you, and you've got Jack Revold and Patty Dangerfield winning the prelim and giving Jake Ryan a shout out in their post game comments. You know, like that's surreal. And um, you know, he he left a huge legacy. And I was talking with Ben. Hopefully, in the future, considering he played for all three clubs, hopefully, you know, we could do uh, a Jake Ryan cup and have Austin Golden Gate and. LA, I'll give it a crack and, uh, you know, see what happens with that. So, um, but yeah, you know, he, great man. And he, he always, rep- whatever club he was playing for, he represented them proudly. That's, that's, uh, just a, a great, uh, great tribute to him. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just to speak to that. I mean, you know, it's it, just to echo what Rick said. I mean, very rarely do you meet, uh, people in your life who don't necessarily need to be in your life for uh, you know a long period of time, but it's the quality, it's the impact they can make. And Snake was someone who who did that, right? I had the, the pleasure of working with him briefly uh, in the same company and um, also, you know, just, just, you know, taking guidance from him. He was always willing to lend an ear. He was always willing to, you know, share his advice, his experience, um, you know, he, he just, there was never, he, there was never anything too hard for him. He, and, or too much for him to, to, uh, to take on. Uh, and he, he was just always willing to give you, you know, a, a shoulder, right. He was always willing to, to help. Um, but what it was as well, just to speak to that was, it just shows the impact that one person can have. And I don't even, I, I think at times maybe he wasn't even aware of that. Right. I hope he was, but um, I, I did tell him that you know, regularly, like, hey, you, you really do inspire me, you, you inspire many. And, um, you know, you just, the, the, the commitment, the energy, you know, the, someone who's going to lift, if you just lift everyone up that he's around, it's everything Rick was saying there. You know, I, I still remember, you know, going to, going to footy training on a Saturday morning and, and then, you know, going to the gym afterwards and, and seeing Snake in the gym and he's, he's you know, we're, we're going, you know, toe to toe and I'm, I'm training with him and he just, he lifts you up. He wants you to go that extra 10% more. Um, and he's, it's just that intensity. It's just in, it's infectious and it just lifts everyone up. And yeah, I'd, uh, I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see that continue. I'd love to see the tribute and the, the memory there and the, the impact that, uh, that he left on so many in the league, but across the world as well, I uh, continue. Well, I hope that the, uh, the, representatives from the the third club here with the the San Francisco club you said right if I'm not mistaken 
hopefully they've heard this and they can reach out to you guys and get this sort of thing set up. I think that'd be great if you're able to do that. Agreed. Definitely. Yeah. So Ben's last statement here. I have a fear of flying. Hmm. I'm going to go with false. Actually true, considering, which is ironic considering how much I fly, but I have a, I have a fear of flying. I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck on a, on a, mm-hmm. on a plane, which, um, yeah, isn't, isn't a good thing to be around, I guess, but, um, you know, it's, uh, g- give me a Xanax or two. <laughs> a bottle of, a bottle I mean, to, to be fair, um, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, Ben still has a copy of his, I think it was 2014, the, the, the plane ticket you took to move to the US, like Sydney to Austin. Like, I know you still have that somewhere on your wall. So I imagine that must be super counterintuitive if you're afraid of flying, but oh, you know, (laughs) that happened. (laughs) A a trans-Pacific flight, but but hey, you know, like, I mean, I I know it's all about giving it a crack and you did that and not many people do, so. I appreciate yeah, yeah. that, but yeah, it is, it is a very, <laughs> it is a, it is a very sort of, uh, you know, almost a, yeah, not, not an oxymoron, but just very, very hilarious that, you know, I've got that fear when I've flown as much as I have. So, but yeah, um, I, I think it's, I think it's gotten a lot better. You know, I've got my, I've got my, uh, I've got my airlines that I enjoy, but I'm okay on long haul flights. I seem to be fine on that. Mm. So yeah, um, just, no, no, give me, give me a few drinks and, you know, Oh, I'll, I'll be yeah, put me put me to sleep. So I'll be I, I was I was going I was going to ask what is your what is your spirit of choice to help you make the uh, the flight more tolerable? Oh, um, I usually I, I I like Qantas do some really good bottles of like uh, like Australian wine. So I usually mm-hmm. just do that. Um, but I might I might go a I might go a. Uh, you know, a rum or, or, or something like that towards the, you know, uh, if I want to, if I want to kind of ease the nerves a little bit, but yeah, you know, just a couple of those and I'm out and, you know, a couple of movies. And yeah. I'm, I'm out for yeah. the, out for the long haul. <laughs> so There okay. you go. Now I had a couple true false questions that I wanted to ask the two of you and just to see what your, uh, what your, your thoughts are here. So here's my first one. Recently disgraced NFL coach John Gruden and I were born in the same town. Mm. I know John Gruden's from Ohio, um, but I'm going to go with false. Ben's right. Not only the same town, the same hospital. I'm going to yeah, really? yeah. say, say true. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We were born in the same, we were born like two months apart. Yeah. I'm two months wow. older than he is. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that hospital no longer exists. There's a uh, a middle school on that site now. So, okay, my second one. Uh, I cooked dinner for legendary singer James Brown. False. I'm gonna say false. That is true. It, 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 you're right. It is false. Um, I've met him. I met him when I lived in Georgia, cause he used to come into the restaurant where I worked several times. I did cook dinner for Aretha Franklin once. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, my third one, I broke the same kid's arm twice. 
<laughs> I would say true. I'm, I'm sure you were you were quite a quite a rascal back in your day, Craig. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with true. Okay, well, I'm only gonna give you a partial credit because I actually broke his arm three times. Oh, <laughs> what did that poor guy ever do? I, well, I I not he was he was my best friend's older brother. And oh, I knocked I knocked him off the jungle gym in my backyard. He broke his arm, and we were we were we were. I was a terrible football player in high school. I was I was awful. You know I don't I don't lie to my students. I tell them that I was so far down on the depth chart. I needed scuba gear. I was horrible. Um, but we were playing football in his backyard. Um, his little brother and I and him. I tackled him. He broke his right arm. The day he got the cast off his right arm, he decided to come out and play with us. I broke his left arm the day he got the cast off his right arm. Oh, now, God. I, to, I told my son this story and he called he called bullshit on it <laughs> until one day, one day we were sitting at we were sitting having lunch at a Wendy's here in town. And there was a gentleman sitting in the in the Wendy's. And I said to him, uh, I said to him, this is somebody I've known for half a half a century. I said, Judge Bennett, who's he's a county judge here. I said, Judge Bennett, Roger, could you tell my son about such and such? And he said, you mean, you mean how you broke his arm three times? And my son looked at me like, you were telling the truth about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't lie to you about anything. Um, okay. When I was a kid, my pet rabbit bit me on the ass on Easter Sunday morning. I mean, I, I, I'd have to go with true. Because um, that just seems so hilariously ironic. And, you know, one of those hard luck stories like, oh, you know, of course that would happen to me. I have a feeling, I have a feeling that's true. I think there's a movie in that, Rick. <laughs> I think, I think. A really I, bad movie. I think, I think there's a movie there, but I'm, I'm going to say it's true. true. Yes. It is true. Now, <laughs> if, if you need a character name, you can use this one. This was back when I was about eight. My pet rabbit's name was Burford. Burford, Burford wow. like B-U-R-F-U-R-D. Yeah. I don't know where that name came from, but that was my pet rabbit's name. So, wow. yeah. Um, two more here. And actually one that kind of came up while we were doing this here. Uh, I have eaten monkey before. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say that's true as well. Because I, I know you said um, your, your naval career took you out to uh, the Philippines, correct? You're right. Yep, that's so, true. So I'm just going to assume that like you had yes. uh, a decent amount of exotic cuisine out there. Yeah, um, well, it was. I don't know how exotic it was. It was kind of like monkey jerky. It was like monkey on a stick. <laughs> yeah. Oh I, wow. Yes. Uh huh. And this is the last one here, uh, and I, it's a callback to one of to uh, to Ben's uh, statement here before. Andrew Embley and Paul Ruse share the same birthday. true uh well I'm, I'm sure ben knows i'm not sure so i'm gonna go with true it is true but paul ruse and i share the same birth date we were born the same day oh yeah nice. yep we were huh. both we were both born the 27th of june yep wow so that's not very exciting but uh yeah I, <laughs> well, I mean, I gotta it. get on the podcast now yeah, huh? yeah. well what was that it means you've got to get him on the podcast oh, now. I would love to. I would love to get him on here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm. Uh, 
I, maybe I've got a little bit of street cred now. I don't know. I, I've, I've spoken. I've spoken to a team president. I've had premiership players on. I, you know, I, I, you know, when I when I talked to Ricky Nixon last year, you know, he told me that you know nobody's ever asked me questions like that before. So, and I still, I, I still think I could reach out to him someday and say, hey, do you think you could put in a good word with this person about coming on the podcast? And he might do it. So, okay, hey guys. This has been about an hour and 20 minutes. I don't want to take any more of your time today, guys. I truly appreciate you coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Um, so Ferrari, Shabon Bon, I want to thank you both for coming on tonight. Um, I held that one back. Uh, <laughs> so yes, I did. I did get the nicknames there. Um so I, I was going to bring up the Ferrari earlier, but then you had that in one of the questions that I thought I can't mention that yet because that's going to give away your question. Well, it actually came, so it came from wearing a hat. I used to, the first training session, I, I came down to the, the Austin Crows and I had this Ferrari hat. And um, yeah, let's just say by the end of the season, it had kind of, uh, it, had, it, had, it, had seen its, it had seen its last days. I think it had, um, <laughs> it was, the, the Ferrari Scarlet Red was starting to starting to become another color. So it was time it was time to move on. <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. So yeah. So and Rick, I have to ask you, was uh the nickname, was it inspired by a a Ricky Martin song? Um <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I um it was, I mean it was it was really funny, like um uh, it was a combination of a few guys, the Dragons. Um, I mean, you know, coming into the club, I knew that I would get a nickname at some point because, you know, it, yeah. it's you're required to have a nickname yeah. for the club. You know, like there's no no debate. You can't get out of that. Um, it was uh, so basically that was given to me by Dollar, um, David Dollar, who I mentioned already. And um, also, I think JK, um, Justin Kenna had had uh, gotten on board as well because um and um and i'm pretty sure to date neither of them have ever called me rick since and jk <laughs> uh, who if you don't know him he kind of has like the <laughs> kind of has the 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 50 year old aussie bogan smoker voice like hey shabon bon how you going so that, that's always that's always pretty entertaining but um but no uh those were the guys that came up with it uh, if i'm not mistaken that was like right after i joined the, the footy club so like late 2016 early 2017 and no he, he's not he's not he's not 50 is he no okay okay still that was, still that was impressive if he was still so. playing at 50 <laughs> i'm sure he'll try you know yeah. it, jk will not come off the footy oval unless like something needs to be amputated put it that way oh so. okay love okay. this big fella. yeah <laughs> well gents i appreciate you coming on uh folks my guests have been uh been Ben Martinez of the Austin Crows and Rick Shabani of the LA Dragons. And guys, I can't thank you enough for all of the help, the insight, and just the, the generosity of your time over these last two years that I've been doing this. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and engaging with you. And it's 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 uh I hope it can continue going forward. And uh it's I think it's you know, I I enjoy spending time with you guys talking about footy or pretty much whatever we end up talking about because we end up talking about all sorts of different things so thanks a lot thanks a lot guys you are so welcome craig and and just thank you for 
you know, for being such a, a great advocate of the, the sport here in the US and sharing your passion, uh, not just with people across the US, but across the world. So thank you for, you know, for, uh, for bringing that passion and, and for having, you know, us part of your, you know, this amazing podcast you've got, you've got going. So really, uh, really grateful to be supporting you. It, it's, it's amazing what you're doing. So it's, and it's I, great. I appreciate it, it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. And 100%. Ben and uh, yeah, Craig. I mean, you, you've you've come really far, and it's 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 always great seeing you have so much fun with it. Like you know, we, we've Ben and I have done podcasts before, of course, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it can it can be a challenge at times. But you know, you're you know, I, I love seeing your knowledge of the game grow. I love seeing your passion for the game grow, and getting more people involved, and just you know, and especially just on on social media and things like that. It's always good chatting footy with you, especially these days because. You know, we're not quite at preseason yet. And right, right. Got, uh, you know, we, we've, we're already missing footy, put it that way. So mm-hmm. it's good to always have a chat and, you know, talk about the growth of the game here in the States. It's something we're all passionate about. And it's, it's, um, it's contagious. And yes, I think yes. it's growing from here. So yeah. always appreciate what you do, Craig. And it's great having a chat with you. Thanks a lot, guys. I do appreciate it. I truly appreciate it. And again, a huge thank you to both Ben and Rick for coming on the podcast. A lot of laughs. Uh, These guys are just an absolute joy to talk to. And I love their passion for the game that they love to play, as well as both of them are saying, spreading the the word about the game to people here in the United States. I'm humbled by the kind words that they had for me. Gentlemen, thanks again. I truly, truly appreciate it. Now, before we wrap up, folks, I wanted to mention to you that uh, today's club of the episode is, in fact, the Caroline Springs Lakers. Rick had the pleasure of playing with that club a couple of years ago, I believe 2019, as he mentioned. The Lakers have clubs from their under-nine mixed clubs all the way up through their senior men and women's clubs, along with a netball program as well. They play in the Western Regional Football League and play their home games at the City Vista Recreational Reserve. And this club was actually formed back in 2002 with the assistance of a couple different clubs, the Williamson Club as well as the Collingwood Football Club. And here is to hoping that the Lakers have a fantastic 2022 season with COVID squarely in the rearview mirror. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast at my new website, ayankonthefooty.com. I hope that you'll consider checking it out. You can leave me a voicemail there. You can share your thoughts on an issue from a previous round or a previous episode. You can uh, drop me a question there if you'd like to. Get on the mailing list. And if you like the show and you want to consider helping me out, you can pop over to the Buy Me a Coffee page. There's a little yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner on my website. You can, you can go there. Or if you want to check out some of the podcast gear, you can check it out on my Redbubble page. Don't forget that if you're interested in being a guest on the show, and I am looking for guests from each of the 18 clubs to talk about the trade and draft period once those once those are completed as well as looking at kind of the preseason for the AFLW if you've got a club in the AFLW I'd love to talk to you as well so you can drop a note on my website and register as a guest in order to do that and now that you've listened to the podcast I hope that you'll consider leaving me a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. You can actually leave a review right on the website as well. Don't forget that you can also reach me by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and also on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on my 
Facebook or Instagram pages at a yank on the footy. And you can also find the podcast on YouTube by searching out my name, Craig Wessels. Again, if you haven't done so yet, I strongly encourage you to sign up for the mailing list. So as soon as a new episode comes out, it ends up in your email before it gets posted on your favorite podcast hosting site. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening. These gentlemen, uh, Rick and Ben, a lot of laughs, just, you know, a couple of just honorable, honorable blokes. Okay. And I'm glad to call them friends. And, you know, Ben has been very inspirational watching uh, his posts on social media in my journey. I've been uh, trying to drop some weight after a little bit of a health scare and things are going pretty well right now. I'm I'm making some good progress. I actually have uh, have dropped, I don't actually know how much weight because my scale at home is not linked up or meshed up with the scale at my doctor's office, but Based upon where I was on my scale at home and where I am now, I'm doing pretty well. So I'm going to go with that. But ladies and gents, again, thanks. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And I will catch you later. This has been episode 110 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. I hope you'll check out my website, ayankonthefooty.com, and everything that I've got to offer there. Folks, have a fantastic time and a fantastic week, and I will talk to you very, very soon.